This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is Friday, January 28th. 2022. Hell yeah, it's Friday. Again, I'll just reiterate, this is this week has been the longest year of my life. Pretty much. My God. Does this not feel like just forever? Yeah. Good Lord. Yep. Uh, but it is over 24 hours from now. Um, we'll be leaving the snowboard, so I won't be asleep. 48 hours from now, this ass will be sleeping. Yep. Anyway, the point is, welcome to the Monty Show. Yeah. Uh, on a Friday, we got a lot to get to. Um, Jackson Dart is going to Oxford instead of Provo. The unfortunate, um, inevitable outcome in the Jackson Dart pursuit um, has now become a reality. We'll talk all about that um, with some new details on why he chose Old Miss. Old Miss. Jackson Dart is going to Old Miss. We'll tell you why and how coming up in just a bit. Uh, we've got to talk about taxes. Jake got a slap in the bag this morning. Eh, kind of a reality check. Maybe. Yeah, you make too much money. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about that. We've got a uh, big update on the investment property we bought this week. So we'll talk about that a little bit. But I want to start with uh, the Utah Jazz um, because it seems like there has been a lot of turmoil um, around this this basketball team. And the interesting part about that is a big part of me is asking why. Why is there so much turmoil surrounding this team right now? And the answer is I don't know because this is not a bad team. By any stretch of the imagination, the Utah Jazz are amongst probably the 15 best teams in the NBA. Arguably, when they're 100% and healthy, they're one of the top seven teams in the NBA. So why do we have so much internal strife and infighting in this locker room? Um, because according to people that we're talking to, including one source inside the organization, there has been significant turmoil in the locker room with this basketball team. And frankly, Jake, I just don't understand it. Yeah, I think I, I think if you look at the last couple of seasons with this team, I, I think the frustration starts in the bubble. You know, you go all the way back to the bubble. You, you go back to losing to Jamal Murray in the Nuggets. Uh, and then I think you fast forward and you've got, you know, the loss to the Clippers and the way that whole thing went down and the Terrence Mann situation. And, you know, there's just been some things that have been have been building. And, and I think when you look at the characteristics of the star players on this team, if you will, or the best players on the team in Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, I think each of them has things that, that annoy the other person. And I think... You know, one of the big things uh, that we always talk about on the show is this team's relationship with the officials. And I think that, you know, uh, Rudy is obviously guilty of of complaining to the officials more than he should. Uh, but I also think Donovan Mitchell is guilty of not being a good enough leader for this team yet. I think Donovan Mitchell has work to do. I think Donovan Mitchell has uh, growth to go through to become a better player in the personnel department, meaning that he's got to be a better leader for this team. And and I think, you know, the question you're asking, why is there turmoil? Well, the 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 long and short of it is that because there, that happens when there's a lack of leadership on a team. 
when there's a lack of cohesiveness on a team. And and we can we can say, well, Quinn needs to do a better job. But the fact is, in NBA culture, the locker room, you know, typically has its own culture and, and usually will run itself, right? The players have a relationship with Quinn, obviously. But when Quinn's not around, when the coaching staff isn't around and it's just the boys in the locker room, <clears throat> what's that culture like? Well, right now it's not good. And I think that that part of Donovan Mitchell's game and, and really of Rudy Gobert's game as well has to get better. And, and I don't know how that gets better because, you know, it, we're not hearing real positive uh, things going on right now. So hopefully, you know, Donovan Mitchell comes back this weekend from the concussion protocol. Hopefully he knocks it out of the park in his first game back and and there can be uh, some positivity that comes through the team, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, this is a big game tonight for the Jazz. And I know that uh, Memphis is not to be, you know, played with. Mm -hmm. um, Memphis is very good. The Memphis Grizzlies are an elite team. Um, you know, but if you believe, um, you know, if you believe the hype, I mean, Memphis is one of the contenders for the Western conference championship. And I actually do believe that hype. I think the way they're playing, but you know, I want to focus more on, on this Utah jazz team because we have been able to confirm that there has indeed been turmoil in that Utah jazz locker room. And a lot of it is centered around Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert called out his teammates. As we reported last week, he called out his teammates for a lack of effort. Um, and the new details are that Rudy Gobert um, was then in turn called out for, you know, his complaining to officials in what his teammates view in is a damaging fashion. Um, you know, his teammates believe that Rudy Gobert's obsessive complaining and arm raising and waving and yelling and screaming at officials damages other members of that team and hurts their reputation as a ball club with NBA officials. And I got to say, I, I agree with that. I think that, that the two, you know, guilty parties on this Utah Jazz team are Rudy Gobert and Boyan Bogdanovich. But Rudy Gobert is on an island of his own when it comes to complaining to NBA officials. And when his teammates pointed that out to him, Rudy Gobert did not react kindly to that. And it is a point of contention on this team. Yeah. And Rudy Gobert, from what I understand, Rudy Gobert does not miss the point that when he doesn't play, they are worse off defensively. And he tells his teammates that. And he calls his teammates out for that. And on a surface level, I don't necessarily believe that that's an issue. But I think when you're calling guys out, you have to be self-accountable. Yeah. One of the things that goes on when, when you're pointing fingers at other people, fingers begin to get pointed at you. And a lot of guys do not like to look in the mirror when it comes to accountability. Yeah. And Rudy Gobert does not want to own up to the fact that he has a problem with NBA officials and that when he complains and waves his arms and yells and screams, it is a detrimental action towards the rest of his teammates. And when that is pointed out to him, he does not react well to that. Yeah. But I want to go on the record right now and unequivocally state Donovan Mitchell has never demanded a trade from this team. From what people are telling me, he's never said, I want to be traded. That is just not fact. He has simply said, I am not down to go through a complete rebuild where the Utah Jazz are a terrible basketball team for three years. He does not want to do that. And frankly, that's very different than saying, I don't want to be a Utah Jazz man. Yeah. What Donovan Mitchell has said is, I do not want to go through a long period of losing in my career. 
I am not down for that. Mm -hmm. He has never said, I don't want to be in Utah. He has never said, I don't want to play in this market. He has never said, I'm a star that's too big for Salt Lake City. From what I'm told, Donovan Mitchell has never said that. And I think these are two very different conversations. And by the way, if you're a Jazz fan or if if you're Ryan Smith or Danny Ainge, what answer do you want from him other than, I am not down to lose for two to three years of my career? Why is it a problem that he is saying that? And the other thing that I was told point blank is nobody in Donovan Mitchell's inner circle is a problem for the Utah Jazz. Nobody in his inner circle has said, I want to, I, we need to get out of Utah or we're too big for Utah. There was that report from Rick Bucher yesterday that said that Donovan Mitchell <clears throat> and people around Donovan Mitchell believe that he is losing money and he is too big of a star for Salt Lake City. I am told he has never said that, and nobody around Donovan Mitchell has ever told the Jazz that. Because it's garbage. And I just don't believe that Donovan Mitchell's looking to get out of Utah. I believe Donovan Mitchell's looking to win multiple championships in his career. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I and don't I, and either. I think, I, think, I think a lot of people want to take that, that, like, that logic and that idea and that mentality that Donovan has and they want to turn that into a trade demand. And, and I just think it's it's such a different situation. I mean, look no further than James Harden and Ben Simmons. I mean, the Harden situation in Houston before he got to Brooklyn, that's a trade demand, you know? The Ben Simmons situation is a trade demand. That's not the Donovan Mitchell situation. It's, it is it is so clear the difference between a trade demand and an expectation of winning. What is he supposed to do? Expect that they're going to lose? No. So that's why I say your point and your question about, hey, why is there turmoil on this team? Yes, Rudy Gobert is the is the spark of that turmoil, but I, I, I think it's unfair to say that Rudy is the only reason. I, I, I think what's more fair to say is they go back and forth, right, Rudy and his teammates, and there's nobody to step in and say, hey, what are we doing? This w- is what not are we, who we are. What are we, what are we arguing about right now? Yeah. yeah, you need to stop bitching at the officials. Yeah, we need to move the ball more, and we need to give Bogey more open looks in the corner. JC, maybe get a little bit better of a shot selection, right? I think like, Jordan Clarkson. I think Jordan Clarkson is. I, I I'm going to stop short of saying he's a problem, but Jordan Clarkson's unwillingness to pass the basketball and take very difficult shots, it is a point of frustration for the Utah Jazz. Yeah. And I think, you know, this issue, the one issue that continues to come up and rear its ugly head is that there is a lack of accountability from the coaching staff to veteran players on this team. And that includes Jordan Clarkson. And this issue with the officials, I, I from what I understand, Rudy Gobert has been talked to by just about everybody about this. Mm-hmm. And not just in the organization. His friends around the league have told Rudy Gobert, Hey, this is a bad look for you with the officials. Yeah. That that you are becoming a problem. Because I think the other thing that that and nobody has told me this directly, but I, I think Rudy Gobert believes he's a superstar in this league. And he just is not on that level. He is he is not a an elite offensive player. Those are the guys that gets call get calls in this league. Yeah. Rudy Gobert is not going to get calls. He is not a superstar caliber player in this league. And therefore, he is not going to get preferential, deferential treatment from the officials. Mm -hmm. When you think about guys like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, James Harden comes to mind. 
Giannis, uh, Joel Embiid, those guys get calls. Those guys have a little more leash to, to complain to the officials. When you're Rudy Gobert and you need the officials, you need the officials on the defensive end. Yeah. When you are a shot blocker and a rim protector, you need the officials. He does not have the officials. And a lot of it is his treatment of the officials on the floor. Well, and I think that whole idea is partially the source of the frustration. Hey, dude, you're a defensive player. Yes. You need a good relationship with the officials, and you don't have a good relationship with the officials. That's right. And so it leads to a lot of problems. And so, you know, it was so funny. You know, when you go back to the bubble and you watch how this team has developed and you really watch how the league has developed how they play the Utah Jazz— the league is not scared of Rudy anymore. And and I think this is something that is starting to catch a little fire around the league and around the the you know just the general NBA landscape. You see guys. It was so crazy to me when they played the Rockets the other the other day whenever that was that you have a guy in Eric Gordon who is typically a jump shooter. Eric Gordon is not known for for finishing at the rim and and doing what guys like Kyrie do at the rim, right? Eric Gordon's a jump shooter. You got this guy going right into Rudy's chest and finishing at the rim. Guys are not scared of Rudy anymore, and I think Rudy would do well to develop a relationship with the officials so yes. that he can have more rapport and get more of those calls. And the, the 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 truth is, Rudy Gobert is just such an important player to this team defensively as yeah. they are constructed right now. And I think one of the things that, that really stands about, out about Rudy is that he is one small step away offensively mm -hmm. from being a superstar in this league. Yes. He is very close. If Rudy Gobert can just develop the ability to have a back-to-the-basket game, not a fadeaway, not a turnaround, just the ability to catch the ball in the post and dribble into an offensive opportunity without turning the ball over, he instantly becomes a force offensively. Well, and they as a team become better offensively, Absolutely. Too. And so, Rudy, I, I just think that Rudy Gobert lacks perspective on who he is and where he is. Yeah. And when you are at his level and you are paid amongst the highest paid players in the league, you have to have some idea of how to conduct yourself. Because if Rudy Gobert was a, a, a much stronger presence on the floor – if there wasn't a belief around the NBA that you could get to Rudy Gobert, because that is a belief around the NBA. I mean, it starts yeah. with Miles Turner. I mean, you can see it every single night, it seems like. There is a belief, and John Morant's going to attack him tonight. No, Well, I guess that he won't because Rudy's not going to play. Yeah. But you watch when guys like John Morant play the Jazz. Yeah. He has tried to dunk on Rudy two or three times. Oh, it's a stated goal of John Morant's to dunk on Rudy Gobert. Yeah. It's, I mean, he said... I am going to do it at some point. And Rudy has won those matchups so far. Give him yes. credit. I mean, Rudy has absolutely won the, hey, John Morant's coming for me. Is he going to dunk or am I going to block it? Rudy's won those, and, and I think he deserves credit. Rudy is just such a an important part of this team. He is such a gifted defender. He is such a good player at that end. He has got to learn to control his emotions on the floor. And I, I think that's a big part of all of these guys. I look at the Joe Ingles situation the other night. This is the other thing I was talking to somebody in the jazz about yesterday. Yeah. Was that there was a bit of of deflation, if you will, in, in Joe Ingles getting that shot blocked. Yeah. When he went for that layup and he got that shot blocked, it's not that Joe Ingles quit. 
the the feeling is is that Joe Ingles was just really disappointed. Yeah. Almost to the point of embarrassment. And then by the time you pick your head up, I mean, in this league, you blink and they're on, they're over half court. Oh, yeah. So by the time he picked his head up, there was nothing he was going to do about getting back defensively, and it left Boyan Bogdanovich to make a terrible decision on Devin Booker and not step into the lane to make him give the basketball up, and it led to an easy transition basket, which, which led to an argument. There was a discussion in the huddle during that timeout about that effort, and yeah. then after the game, Quinn Snyder is addressing that effort. Yeah. And then, you know, you look at it, – it's a trickle-down effect. You look at Hassan Whiteside – Hassan Whiteside's getting exposed right now. Yeah. And listen, I understand that Hassan has talked about he has significant issues in his personal life that are impacting him. But the truth is, just about every NBA player will tell you the arena is where they go to get away from their life. It is the escape. And Hassan Whiteside, the problem with Hassan Whiteside claiming that, you know, and there's a lot of people saying that he is being impacted because his daughter has COVID and He's got other issues off the floor, and that doesn't excuse the fact that you are not you are not a try-hard guy mm -hmm. because you haven't been a try-hard guy for five years. You got a huge extension in Miami and instantly turned into a zero. You were a problem almost immediately after the ink dried on that contract yeah, and probably before it. This is who Hassan Whiteside is. He's an incredible backup center. But I don't want I, I I can't have Hassan Whiteside playing more than 15, 20 minutes a night because the effort goes down precipitously. Yeah. The more minutes he gets, the bigger his role, the more his effort goes down. And you just need to know that about Hassan Whiteside, which is why you paid him what you paid him and why he was available to you in the first place. Agreed. So hundred percent. My point in all of this is is that the Jazz are not used to losing like this. And losing is a is a it, the old baseball adage from the natural. Losing is a disease, mm -hmm. and it is a cancer in a locker room. Mm -hmm. And you are seeing that in front of you, and it is it is essentially splayed out for everybody to to see. Yes, and it is ugly, and it is something that you have to proactively stop. And that's where my mind goes about this whole situation. I don't disagree with anything you said there, but. The overreaching point of, you know, the Joe Ingles situation or Hassan Whiteside or this Rudy and his teammates and <clears throat> Donovan Mitchell, you know, trade rumors and all this stuff. Like, <clears throat> the overreaching point is that this team lacks leadership. That's that's what I keep coming back to. I look at, you know, I look at Brooklyn. <clears throat> you don't hear any of this stuff coming out of Brooklyn, do you? I mean, the only thing you hear coming out of Brooklyn is that Philly wants James Harden and that James Harden is is the problem. That James Harden is is frustrated with Kyrie being a part-time teammate, basically. But you don't hear issues about Kevin Durant and Kyrie and, you know, like like they're good. You know, the, the, the organization as a whole is good. You only hear about James Harden. Look at LeBron James. Look at the Lakers. This Russell Westbrook situation. You made a point the other day. I think it was Tuesday on the show. Notice that when the media was asking LeBron James about you know, Russell Westbrook and his shot or lack thereof, frankly, what did LeBron do? LeBron didn't tear him down. LeBron built him up. You know, LeBron defended Russell Westbrook leaving the arena after he got benched, you know? So I just think that the leadership piece is missing from this team right now, and that's why I think no matter what's going on, 
If you're Donovan Mitchell, you can't have it both ways. You want to be a star. You want to be the best in the league. You want to win championships. You want to do all this great stuff. Well, that inherently comes with the responsibility of leading your team and being the poster child of the success and failure, just like any other star in the league. And that's what I think is missing. And the hard part is, and, and again, this is just me, I think the hard part is is that you have a guy in Donovan Mitchell um, that you need to be a leader. Because when you look at I think the Lakers situation is a very good parallel here. Yeah. Because you have a guy in Russell Westbrook who's been nothing short of an abject failure in Los Angeles. Yeah. It has been – he has been a disaster for the L.A. Lakers. You haven't heard the Lakers crumbling in and falling apart of each other. Look at what happened with Carmelo Anthony in Philadelphia last Ooh. night. Yeah. And everybody defended him. Even Joel Embiid stepped in and defended Carmelo Anthony. The Lakers are a lot of things. They are not a team that lacks leadership, and they are not a, la- a team that lacks chemistry. Yeah. And and by the way, Carmelo's a really good point as well. He has been a combustible personality. He has been a polarizing figure on several teams, Denver in particular, yeah. Houston in particular, where they, they sent him home. He has not been that in L.A. Mm-hmm. LeBron has not been that in L.A. Russell Westbrook has not been that in L.A. And that situation could have imploded on itself. Anthony Davis has not been that in L.A. Who have you heard? Half of the street clothes. Yeah, who have you heard criticizing Anthony Davis, who, by the way, was hurt again last night? But who have you heard criticizing Anthony Davis in Los Angeles? Nobody. They're not out in the media. They're, and you know the worst part about situations like this, this deal with the Jazz? is that you have, when, when situations like this go bad, you start hearing about the, 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 the inner workings of a team. And you start hearing about the ugliest parts of a team. Yeah. You're not hearing about that with the Lakers. You're not hearing about that with the Nets. Because, again, and I think that the Nets are also a really good point by you. The Nets have three veteran superstars who are used to this. Mm-hmm. They don't care if it's Brooklyn or Salt Lake City. They know how to conduct themselves. Remember Kevin Durant and the Steph Curry situation? And, hey, yes. Kevin wouldn't play through injury, and then he popped his Achilles. And Kevin's been through this before. He knows what it is. Yeah, and I think it's just one of these situations where the Jazz don't know how to win yet. Yeah, They don't have a bunch of guys who have been championship caliber players. And it's it's Chris Paul and Phoenix, again, another really good example. They lost in the finals. You go one of two ways. When you get to the finals and you lose, you go one of two ways. You either go up, you return, and you win the NBA championship, or you fall off the face of the map and it's time to rebuild. Mm-hmm. And the Phoenix Suns are better this year than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker is a better player this year than he was last year. Mikhail Bridges got better in the offseason. Yep. And it's because, well, one, they're younger, absolutely. But I'm telling you, guys like Chris Paul and JaVale McGee, who have competed at the top of the league, JaVale McGee's got multiple championships. I'm telling you, those are the guys that you need on your squad because they help your younger guys come along and grow. They make your coaches better coaches. They make your your second-tier players better better second tier players. Yeah. So I think all of those things are missing from, from the Utah jazz locker room. And that's why you're hearing about infighting. That's why you're hearing about um, guys like, you know, Rudy Gobert getting into it with his teammates. Rudy Gobert's never won anything. Rudy Gobert's never been a championship player. He has never been the, the, the focal point of an entire organization built around him to win a championship. Like it like Joel Embiid is. Yeah, like Rudy Gobert is right now. Yeah. 
and it's not going well. That's why in this league and in this in this culture of the NBA, you have to build your team around a guy that absolutely can carry you. That's Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert cannot carry a team on his own because he cannot score the ball on his own. And and I know that seems trivial or simplistic. It's the truth. But in this league, Steph Curry carries the Golden State Warriors. LeBron James carries the L.A. Lakers. Kevin Durant, they are not the same Brooklyn Nets team without Kevin Durant, and he's out for six weeks. Listen, dude, anybody who tells you that that being the best at something doesn't matter is has never been the best at anything. I mean, whether you're at the office or in the NBA, being the best and outperforming everybody is is what allows you to have the responsibility of leading other people because you're doing it at a higher level, and they look to you for uh you know leadership and comfortability yes. in hard times and and that's why I say like Don needs to come back. Don needs yes. to come back more than Rudy needed to they come back. They need him tonight. I and I I will go this far. I think my God, that's a great point. I think Donovan Mitchell needs to be on the floor without Rudy Gobert. I think Donovan Mitchell needs to feel. The Are they weight. saying he's probable? The, he is probable tonight. He there is a good likelihood. My guy at the Jazz that I spoke to last night. By the way, I want to talk about the media and the Jazz in a minute, but. Yeah. They feel like Donovan Mitchell has a very good chance to play tonight. That's every day. And we'll see. We'll see how, how all that works out. But you know what? I, I think when you when you look at Donovan Mitchell, I think Donovan Mitchell needs to feel the weight of the world and play well through that. Yeah. And grow and learn and be you know what? To be, you know, a hyperbole. I mean, he needs to become a man right in front of our eyes right now. Mm -hmm. They need him to become yes. the alpha male on this ball club. Yep. I'm a man. Desperately. But real quick before I get to your comments, because I see a bunch of you commenting. I really appreciate you guys being here. If you're watching this video right now, please give us a thumbs up. Um, absolutely. every it, Subscribe if you're not subscribed or give it away this Xbox Series X right here on the table. I mean, it's 4K gaming, folks. What more do you want? It's 120 frame rates per second, MFers. Line of cane and B12. Anyway, the point is, hit subscribe. You have to be subscribed to win the Xbox Series X. By the way, if you buy one of our t-shirts, the Monty Show t-shirts, um, you get five entries into the Xbox. And we're giving that away when we get to uh, 3,000. Um, and let me just tell you. Got a couple of these bad boys left. When our artist gets back from vacation, running out a new design. Uh, let's see. We are at 2930. Wow. Oh, damn. We had a big day yesterday. 2930. We are 70 subs. Subs. Away from, from giving away this Xbox Series X. I'm going to say this again. DM me on the t-shirt. It's only 25 bucks. I think we have four or five left. Five times uh, entries. XL and 2XL is all we have right now. Come you on, man. Five times the entries if you buy a t-shirt for every one of somebody who did just not. saying this is eight hundred dollars this is twenty five dollars yeah i think the xbox series x is the most in-demand unit by the way follow me on uh tiktok because we're also giving away a ps5 you're a casual um well yeah be a casual follow me on tiktok the monty show m-o-n-t-y the monty show yeah <sighs> um there's the ps5 we're giving away that jake's holding up all you have to do is is be a follower on TikTok at 5,000 followers. We're going to give that away. Breathtaking immersion. It's amazing. Lightning speed. gaming. Stunning games. PS5. Okay, enough of that crap. <coughs> Real quick on the jazz and the media. Yeah. It's been very interesting talking to people around the league and talking to people 
about the Utah Jazz. I just happen to be, I know a lot of people. I've been in the media game. I've covered the NBA for 20 years, Mm -hmm. more than that. Um, I've been very fortunate to be around, you know, the LA Lakers during the Kobe and Shaq championships, the Pau Gasols. Like, I've been around some really good teams. Yeah. And so I know a lot of people. I have just spent a lot of time. I've built a lot of relationships. What is very interesting is I have never seen a relationship with the media the way the Jazz have their relationship built with the media. And it's really funny to to talk to people around the Jazz and hear them talk about our podcast and our show. Mm-hmm. And know that the competition will has an edict not to talk about our podcast, not to talk about the things we report. Like our main competitors, there's an edict not to talk about the the things that we report on Mm -hmm. our show. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that the Utah Jazz are well aware that, for instance, the Salt Lake Tribune needs the Utah Jazz. And that if the Salt Lake Tribune reports, you know, hey, Rudy Gobert, you know, is, you know, the, the center of turmoil in the Utah Jazz locker room. They'd be exiled. They would not, the, the Salt Lake Tribune's ability to cover the Jazz would be severely disabled. Yes. If they were to p- report that. And that's the relationship that the Jazz have with the media as the only game in town. They are the only professional franchise in this town. Mm-hmm. And you look at BYU, BYU runs their ship just about the same way. And people in the media, those members of the media are not willing to challenge that. They are not willing to take the risk that they may, you know, that they are on the outside looking in. Well, and I think part of that, too, is like, you know, the one thing that really stands out, and we've talked about this on the show before, uh, is that there isn't an independent an independent media outlet here covering the team. And that's what I think leads to the the very clear lack of accountability questions uh, that doesn't, you know, that don't get asked, you know, they never, they're never asked the tough question or, you know, the, the, the poignant question, like, let me, as an example of a poignant question, yes. what, what I'm referencing, I'm going to play you this question that Doc Rivers was asked about Ben Simmons after Ben Simmons didn't dunk in game seven against the Atlanta Hawks. Just listen to this, this question, because this is the question that does not get asked in the jazz media. Doc, you think... Ben Simmons can, can still be a point guard for, for a championship team like the one you guys want to become? Yeah, David, I don't know that question or the answer to that right now. Um, pretty straightforward, right? Pretty straightforward. Seems do you think legit. Ben Simmons can be a championship point guard on uh, a point guard on this team with championship aspirations? Doc, do you think Ben Simmons can, can still be a point guard for, for a championship team like the one you guys want to become? Nobody would ever ask that question. In this Nobody. Time. And it's remarkable to me that the Jazz get a free pass here. And what is what is so flagrant, flagrantly obvious um, is that that's the way that the media here is comfortable covering the team. Mm-hmm. And I just have never understood that. Yeah, to be clear, this isn't a Jazz problem. Let's no, just be really clear. This not is not a all. Utah Jazz problem. This is a media issue that's that's what it is and i and i just think 
So like like we've mentioned before on the show before today, it's a, it's always been funny to me that that the competition, if you will, if we want to call them competition, because I don't really even view them like that. But if you want to call them competition, sure. So the competition who's on the actual radio wants to call us hacks and wants to take us down and be disrespectful. But yet there's an edict not to ever mention us. So that's that's what I think is funny about the media here. Yeah. Hey, we're not going to name them, but yeah, let's hate on them. One particular show on 1280 and 97.5 The Zone um, on a daily basis call refers to us as hacks. Uh, you know, I can't remember how they described me as like a former local radio hack who's desperate to get back in. I will never, in all likelihood... I will never work in local media again. Why would I do that? Why would I do that? Take a serious look at it. Think about I it. I mean, think about that. We have the, the advantage that we have is the same advantage that I've always had. I'm not affiliated with anybody. I didn't go to BYU or Utah. I didn't grow up a jazz fan. I, uh, I have no loyalty one way or the other. I My opinion is completely unbiased and ba based on relationships and facts and things that people tell me. And it's just hysterical to me that that the media in this town refuses to do their job, mm -hmm. Ref just out and out refuses to do their job. It's just it's funny to me because they're comfortable because and again, with all due respect to the Utah Jazz, the Utah Jazz are never going to say two words to the media about anything because the media is not saying two words to the Utah Jazz. Yeah. So they have this ni nice little cool kids club where the media doesn't ask the Jazz tough questions. The Jazz don't have to answer tough questions. And everyone goes about their business. And nine days out of ten, nobody's going to say, what. why has nobody asked Donovan Mitchell, hey, have you asked to be traded? There, there are reports in the media that, Donovan, you asked to be traded or that your people in your circle or yourself feel like you are too big, your brand is too big for Salt Lake City. Is there any truth to that? Can you please address that directly? Nobody has asked him that. Why? Nobody. Why not? Why is nobody asked that? Why is nobody asking Rudy Gobert um, if he has a problem with the officials? Oh, that's right, because all of them work for an affiliate that needs the Utah Jazz. That's right. That's and, right. And, and I don't understand, and this is why I say, I don't expect that from, from the guys that work at the Zone Sports Network or at KSL. I mean, they're essentially owned by the Utah Jazz, quite literally. The zone is owned by the Utah Jazz. Yeah. You're not going to get that out of anybody at the zone. And I totally understand that. Facts. But when I look at, you know, like ESPN 700 doesn't send guys to the game. And, and you look at a guy like Spence Checkets in this town. Spence would rather sit in, the, in, in seats with his friends. And Spence is never going to stir the pot on the Jazz. Yeah. Who are they? Who, who works at, at – ESPN 700 that's going to go and ask a legitimate question of Quinn Snyder or Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. Who's going to do that? Whether you're on a Zoom call or you're in person. With COVID, you're usually on a Zoom call. Who's going to ask? Why is, why is a guy like Andy Larson not asked? Hey, Donovan, I would assume that he's got Donovan's cell phone number, that they have a, I would think you're, you're the main beat guy, Andy Larson, for the Jazz. I would assume he's got Donovan's number. I would assume they have a relationship, right? You would think. How have you not asked Donovan Mitchell, "Hey, is it, is any of this is any of this true?" Just even cuz you know he's going to say no, absolutely not, that's not true. Great. I asked Donovan Mitchell, he he flatly denied that he has ever said 
that his brand is too big for Salt Lake City. He's flatly denied that he has demanded a trade. So that Rick Buca report is trash. Why how is that come, so difficult? How come nobody's asked that question? And it, it just goes to show you, and it's the same thing. Like, I get more flack for the for the things we've reported about BYU than anything about the Jazz or anybody else. And everybody's like, you don't know people at BYU. Guy, I've known people at BYU since like the third day I got here. Mm-hmm. One of the best stories I have about Salt Lake City is – and I don't remember where we were. I want to, it may have been city center. I don't remember. Gunther and I were having lunch like the third day that I worked here. And the Grizzlies were had the Utah Grizzlies, the hockey club, were having their preseason media gathering. Gunther and I met for lunch after, or for like a late lunch or something after that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. But anyway, I'm driving home and my cell phone rings and it's a guy at BYU trying to like, figure out where I stood and hey what you know what kind of relationship you're the new program director at 1320k fan what kind of relationship are we going to have like okay I get it BYU is very proactive with the media very I've known guys at BYU since the third day I worked here there is no question and I still know them yeah right and it's it's it it well Riley and and Riley um you know your comment got filtered because you said I was full of shit but what if I he, – he essentially said, you're full of shit. What have you ever gotten right on BYU? Oh, well, I don't know. Let's start listing things. Well, Kalani Sataki's contract, did anybody listen to Tom Homo yesterday? What did Tom say during his media session yesterday? Hey, during that whole contract situation, Kalani and I talked every day. What did I tell you in that moment? And go back and look. It's on Twitter and it's on this show. Yeah. What did I tell you on that uh, about that situation? Tom Homo and Kalani Sataki have a good relationship. They the issue is above Tom Homo. It yeah. is in the hands of the university. And that hey, who, who was the first one to report they were talking to Kalani about an extension? We were the first ones to report. Who that. was the first one to report that Kalani talked to the Oregon Oregon Ducks to gain leverage in the contract situation? I believe we were. And Three days all, later, it came out that he was talking to Oregon. And it's all relationships that we've had for going on 10 years now. And here's the thing. I here's the, And here's the thing. And this applies to Twitter and guys like Riley. You can come in here and say we're full of shit. That's fine. If you want to be that guy, that's, that's 100% fine. But the track record speaks for itself. And the beautiful thing, and this is, this is what I think we on this show have an advantage of over any radio show of all time. Everything that we say on this show lives forever on this YouTube channel. And it's easy to find. It's not hard to find. Go out, go to our YouTube channel, click the little search, you know, magnifying glass icon, and type in whatever you want. Jackson Dart. Who's been saying the stuff about Jackson Dart? We have. This guy has. It's not in question, dude. It is not in question what's going on. Man, who said the Jazz were never going to make a, a a major trade. De- Dennis six Lindsay. months Wait ago. Wait a minute. Who said who who was the first one in in Salt Lake City to report Dennis Lindsay? Was oh, out? you're an idiot, and you don't know what you're talking about. And Dennis Lindsay is some beloved figure. You got this guy right here saying that that Dennis Lindsay didn't do a good enough job in the day. Let's let's even go back further than that. Let's start with the Rudy Gobert contract. The day that that contract came out, what did we say? That contract is an albatross 
on this team that is a chain around this team's neck and they will never win a championship with him on the roster we've been saying that since the exact day that that yeah. came out it's just that the thing that's interesting to me is that it it, it is you'll never get the truth unless you you know, and to his credit, I, I mean, the, the guy that I, I think has the best information on the Jazz is Tony Jones because he works for The Athletic. Mm -hmm. But, it, you know, locally, I think it's probably Ben Anderson, who you're not a huge fan of. I'm not. I'm not. And I, I think ben, ben is really the only one who is, you know, who has gone directly to Donovan Mitchell. But I just want somebody to ask Donovan Mitchell, hey, did your inner circle say? Because... I think one national guy was reporting that Donovan demanded a trade. I'm, I am telling you, a person high up in the Jazz organization told me last night that's never happened. And I believe him. I don't believe that Donovan Mitchell's asked for a trade. I do not believe his inner circle is in his ear telling him he's too big for Salt Lake City. My I biggest issue, my biggest issue, truth be told, and I hope all these guys are listening, my biggest issue is Ben Anderson, Andy Larson, and Sarah Todd have access to the team that we'll never have access to. Yeah. Yet all they ever do is do basic-ass content on the team. You don't write deep, well-thought-out, like, hey, this is what I can get access to for the people that read my stuff. You have a responsibility in the media, and this is what no one talks about. In the media, when you have a media credential, which we'll never be able to get because we're technically not media— when you have a media credential, you have a responsibility to the people who are going to read your content. I don't want to read, hey, yeah, Rudy and Don are, are fighting, and that's just what's going on. That's the best you can do for us? I want I want details. I want to understand, hey, where did all this begin? Like, I, I just want more depth, and that's, yeah. what, that's what annoys me about, like, the Spence Checkets of the world. I don't listen to Spence. I don't listen to, to anybody here. Because I don't feel like their takes are are deep. There's no depth to them. And I'm not saying that that we're the best show ever and, and we're no. the Jesus Christ of content. But what I can tell you is you're never gonna come here and get and get like casual ass, like just not we well thought out. Our content. Toe, we don't dip our toe in the water. Like we're gonna go and get to it. And if you don't like it, that's fine. That's why we're talking about it. Come in here and disagree with us. That's the whole point. Yeah, Ben Anderson, uh, DBTZ, hello, nice to meet you. Ben Anderson did ask Donovan Mitchell if he wanted to be traded. Y'all don't even know. Well, frankly, I, I don't, I, I don't, where would I have found that out? Did he write that somewhere? Did he? Did he write it? Did he, did he put it in a paper? Did he tweet it? Like, go I find don't, it for I, me. I, I, frankly, I don't listen to, I, I, I don't have the occasion to listen to Ben on the radio very often. Um, I would if I could. I just don't have the that window in time for me is taken up on a on a daily basis. I mean, I hear Spence Checkets pretty much probably two, two, three times a week. I hear Spence, but I don't listen to Ben. So I would love to I would love to see that answer. Uh James Knight says, What do you expect Donovan to say if the question was directed at him? Come on, please. You have to ask him. You don't understand. You have to ask him that hey, did you or your inner circle do you guys believe, somebody please ask Donovan Mitchell, did you or do your inner circle believe and are they in your ear telling you that your brand is too big for this market? It's not a trap question. You're giving, you're doing Don a favor. Yes. You're asking him a question to allow him to answer that question and, and control the narrative to about hell with the him situation. Doing a, to hell with doing him a favor. That's your journalistic responsibility. He's the best player on the Jazz. 
There's a national report from Rick Buecher that says your inner circle claims you're you're too big for Salt Lake City and that if you go out in the first round, you're going to be a New York Nick. Is there any truth to that? If 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 somebody would ask him that, you're right, James, what would he say? No, there's no truth to that. Great. Donovan Mitchell denied that. And if Ben Anderson asked that question, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. I'd love to see it. DM us. SLC Supercars on Twitter. Send it to me. I'd love to see it, honestly. Yeah. Monty, did you get my message on Tony Jones' podcast? It's called Game Notes, and it's on once a week, Cody Strickland said. Yeah, it's okay. I didn't know he did a podcast. Yeah, uh, he goes on Yeah, he, he goes on a podcast. You know, uh, it, it's 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 good. I like Tony, man. I don't have any issue with Tony. I think as I no, was Tony's just saying, I, as I was just saying, like I think Tony has great depth to what he writes. That's my issue with the other people. I don't feel like there's much depth to it. I feel like it's very generic, very vanilla. I don't really. I'm not Tony like Dan, Jones. Like, that thing with Tony Jones is Tony Jones goes to them and talks to them. Yeah. Tony goes to players and says, "Hey, X Y Z." And then he writes X, Y, Z. He goes to the source. He doesn't pussyfoot around it. He talks to the guy. Yeah. That's the hard part with COVID is you're very detached from the players and the coaches. Right. You're over a Zoom call. You watch the game. You meet the media sessions are now over video. It's a very difficult. (coughs) Excuse me. It's a very difficult way to do your job. Yeah. So I get it. Um, I hate Sarah Todd. I think Sarah Todd is a good feature writer. I do. I don't, I don't hate any yeah, of them. I don't hate them. It's but not I, but personal. I don't hate them, but I don't, I don't have to, I, I don't have some obligation to say that, that, that I enjoy their writing. I mean, yeah, Correct. She, does, she does like for what she does. Yeah. She does an okay job. Like, like I, like again, I don't have a responsibility to be like, yeah, Sarah Todd's the best writer that we've ever seen in Salt Lake. I'm never going to say that. And it's no shade to Sarah Todd. I just expect um, when you have a media credential and you get to ask players questions that you'll watch every single jazz game front to back and you will be engaged in getting depth out of these players. This is a relationship business. Yeah. And, and all I would, and I, if this is going to sound self aggrandizing, I'm patting myself on the back, call it what you want to call it. The very fact that people like me and Jake who don't have access have more information that is that is routinely been proven right, and we don't even get to go to games at, on a credential or talk to guys directly. We have to do everything through text or DM or fucking vanish mode, which I hate. You know, like, bro, if we had a how credential, how is that possible, dude? If we had a credential, we would own this town. I can guarantee you that. And, and I don't even think it's about that. I I, well, I don't want this to turn into we're great and you guys are because t- it's not what it is. My point is, you know who we need more from? We need more from ESPN 700. That's You need competition. There is no, no but, competition in this town. You need ES, in my opinion, Salt Lake City needs ESPN 700 to become a full-fledged sports talk radio outlet. Give me a morning show. Give me an afternoon show. Give me a reporter. But that's never going to happen because they're not. They're, that's just not the mentality in the radio industry anymore. So we need True. the Salt Lake market needs somebody whether that's us or or somebody else who's who has no affiliation to the Jazz and isn't owned by the team and doesn't have that inherent you know issue, you need someone who's independent who has a media credential to go in and when COVID's over, ideally, to make video content and then push out uh, spoken word content like we do every single day. 
So yeah, it's not about us being the best, but what I can tell you is if I had a media credential, when COVID's over, I'd be in that damn locker room every single night. I'd be making video content for you guys to watch. I'd be talking about it. Like I'd be in that team, dude. I would be in that team. Yep. Dane says, morning, guys. Got an interview today internally. Hope it goes well. Good luck, Let's man. go, Dane. Come Good on, luck, bro. Dane. Go Let's get go. It. Giggity says, morning, fellas. James Knight says, here we go. More Rudy bashing. Snuka says, buenos dias. Buenos dias. Mariachi. Uh, Jeremy Bolton <coughs> says, howdy, everyone. JP Shanahan says, "So it, say it ain't so. Edgar Garcia says, Donovan, I feel like it's going to give the Jazz three to five years to show they can win at least one championship. If they if they can't get it together, he'll leave. I think that's everybody. I think yeah. Donovan Mitchell, I think this summer is a critical tipping point for Donovan Mitchell's career with the Jazz. I think if they tear this thing to the ground and they win 25 games next year, okay, Donovan, I think, could be fine with that if they're improving for two years from now. If a year from now they've won 10 games and there's light at the end of the tunnel, okay, we're having a different conversation. Yeah. Uh, James Knight says, listen, every team in the NBA botches about the bitches about the officials. Take the blinkers off, casuals. I would say that not every team handles it the way Rudy Gobert handles it. <laughs> there is a way. This is James saying this. Yes, there is a way to bitch at the officials. There's a way to do that. You don't wave your hands and scream at them face to face. If you watch guys like LeBron James, Ke Kevin Durant never yells at the officials. Kevin Durant walks over and talks to them. How many times will you see Kevin Durant put his hand on an official's shoulder and talk to him? That they want respect. They they're going to miss calls. Rudy Gobert probably gets fouled or fouls somebody on every single possession. They're not going to blow the whistle every single time. They don't call holding in the NFL every single time. No. That's not the reality of it. And I think the problem is Rudy whines and complains and holds his face and every single time. And, and it wears on officials. He has a reputation as somebody that will flop and fake calls. Yeah. And that's why he, he does not get some of the calls. Frankly, he doesn't get calls he should get. He doesn't. Like... And again, a good example of this is DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan is an MVP candidate in this league. He, I think it was last Saturday night, got like hacked on his arm. No call. He just, he, he turned around, looked at the official, put his arms up and ran down the floor. Did not make some big thing, did not yell and scream, and never said two words after that. Mm -hmm. Rudy carries it two, three trips up and down the floor. And you'll see he'll be talking to an official, pointing at his face, and like two, three possessions later. Yeah. You can't do that. It's over. And by the way, you owe it to your teammates. You're the best defensive player in the league. Get your ass down the floor. Yeah. You know, like there's a way to do it. Yeah. The art of of dealing with the officials is lost on Rudy Gobert. Yeah. That's as, as simple as I can say it. Um, Giggity, good morning. He says, does it sound like Quinn has lost the locker room? I don't know. I was told directly yesterday that he, that Jazz don't believe he's lost the locker room, that it is a, a lack of self-accountability and execution among the players. Yeah. It begins and ends with Donovan Mitchell. I don't know. I don't know if he's lost the team or not. He's been here, what, going on 10 years? It's awfully difficult to keep a team for 10 years 
as a head coach. It's very difficult. Uh, the blind swordsman, uh, James, he does, but he still needs to stop arguing with the officials on any team that should bug you when someone does that. It does. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Dwayne, uh, Boone. Good morning to you, sir. Uh, on a positive note, I like some of the young guys on the team. Pascal attacks the back basket. Like I wish others on the team would totally agree. Yeah, man. Well, I, and you have two, you have two sides of the story here. You've got guys like Pascal. You've got guys like Jared Butler. You've got guys like Elijah Hughes. You know, you've got that sect of the team that's going to work their ass off and do everything they can and give you 110%, even if the ball's not going in the hole, you know? And then you have the veteran group of guys who's not working hard right now. So that, I mean, we talked about that on Tuesday. I think that's a real thing. I think, and again, I, I, it's amazing to me now that we're talking through this, I, I literally just think, uh, not that this is criticism of Don, but I think it's just the reality of the situation with the team. Everything comes back to him because he's the best player on the team. Correct. So, so he has to be the glue that brings everything back together, which is why I say, uh, I really hope he plays tonight. I would love, I would love nothing more than John Morant versus Donovan Mitchell. Ooh. I would love that. Yeah, me too. But Don's got to get this concussion thing figured yeah. out. Uh, Neville ninety three says none of the Jazz or the Suns are going to the All Star game. What the hell? Well. They're not starters, but then again, Andrew Wiggins was voted a starter. That tells you. And this is part of the thing, though, with Donovan. This is actually a really good point. Yeah. The Golden State Warriors obviously have a much larger fan base, but their whole goal is to get guys in the All-Star game. They run marketing campaigns for it. Yeah. Are the Jazz doing that for Donovan and Rudy? Don't think so. I Probably not. Um, Cody Strickland says, at this point, I want Rudy to call out his teammates. They need to step up and be better. I agree with that. Um, and we we have seen Donovan Mitchell without Rudy. He sucks. He's a 17-point player on 7-21 shooting. I think Donovan Mitchell is one of the best players in the NBA. I, I would probably, I'd have to go through it, but I would put him in the top 25. Donovan Mitchell's a special, special talent. And this team is not built for him to succeed. So I don't know what his top end is yet. We need to find that out. Uh, Dwayne Boone says, generally, I don't wake up as early as you sunshine boys do. Well, Dwayne, we appreciate you being here, man. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says hey, Neville 93, but Hey, Wiggins is starting the all-star game. Voting is a complete joke. Yes, it is for Agreed. starters. Agreed. Uh, DBTZ says the Xbox series S retails at $500. Jakey boy, unless you scalped it. It's an X. It is right. And it's, I think, I think it's 499. The, the one that's expensive is the PS five is like 800 bucks. Yeah. It's stupid expensive. Every single player on the team needs to show accountability. Well, and that's part of the issue with Rudy Gobert DB is that he does not, he did not take well when they said to him, when people have talked to him about the officials, bro, you, this is, this is, this discussion is, as, as it goes all the way back to playing schoolyard basketball. You're not, if you're not the best player on the team, you shouldn't be talking. It just, it just, it, that's just what it is. And Rudy Gobert is the try hard guy, the effort guy. He is. Yes. Hey, I play great defense and, and I was hurt and you guys struggled. So now I get to run my mouth. And it's like, no, dude, that that's not the culture on the team. Doesn't dictate that you get to call out all your teammates. What should have happened is he should have gone to Donovan Mitchell and he should have said, Hey man, like, I really feel like we got an effort problem right now. And, you know, you're Donovan Mitchell, and, and you're kind of the face of our team. We are the leaders of this team. What are we going to do about it? I need it? you to say X, Y, and Z. Would you be open to that? But that's not the relationship and, they And have. I think the other unspoken truth on this team is Mike Conley is aging. And Mike Conley – where is I, his leadership at? And where I I don't and may I'm probably making too much of it. His finishing ability is is he's struggling right now, 
And I don't know if he's just not shooting well in the paint. I don't know. But this contract is going to come back to haunt them next year. Yeah. I mean, it, it – again, I, I – I love Mike Conley. I understand why they brought him back. I understand why they increased the luxury tax to do it. Mm -hmm. He's not he's not producing for you right now, and and he's not a leader. He's he's a very quiet, on, unassuming on this scene, guy. He is not. He is a quiet, unassuming guy, which I think is a little surprising. I, I think part of the reason you brought him back was that I, I I should retract that. He Mike Conley is a leader. He is not a vocal, outspoken, call a guy out kind of personality. Yeah. He's not. Uh, let's see. Spencer Morgan. Good morning. Good to see you, dude. Uh, Quinn sticking with starters who aren't performing instead of giving minutes to players or earning it like Pascal and House is really hurting the culture. Amen to that. Frank Vogel. I'm going to play the guys that I think can win the game. Amen to that. Uh, Spencer also says he won't bench a player for performing badly, but he will bench them for questioning his decisions. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Juan Baracco says, hi, guys. I asked Quinn about the Donovan Mitchell small market issue by Brian Windhorst. Since that day, I've never got the chance to ask again via Zoom. So Why, you're in the media. What, what do you do? Um, DBTZ, uh, Jeremy Bolton says, Rick Buecher is a hack. That dude has always had it out for the Jazz. Dude is a complete bum. See, like, but here's the thing, and, and I, I get it. Like, I, I understand that the Buecher thing isn't true. I mean, clearly, you know, based on I, yeah. based on the information we have, it's just not true. But, but. The thing that that I that I get a little bit burned on, and I'm not trying to criticize you, bro, but like when those guys went on the radio and started calling us hacks, the only thing that I don't like about that uh, for us is that it's just an unprofessional take. Oh, he's a hack. It can't be true. Well, he's doing his job, right? Like Rick Buecher. What did? What, think about it logically. What was the success of what Rick Buecher did? He was on Twitter the whole week, dude. Everybody was talking about it, bro. Everybody. So that actually was successful. He did his job. I don't even know what he does now. Me either. Who gives a damn? I'm his name's sure out does, there, right? Yeah. <laughs> so now he's got all this attention. <laughs> so he did his job. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, the only thing you have wrong about BYU is Jaron Hall. His mom is hot and he's going to go down as one of the greats. Deal with yeah, it. casual. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, whoa. Comment dump, my bad. Um, Chris Carney was going to read your comment, but uh, Monty, Chris Carney says, Monty, some people let their fan status cloud their judgment. Judgment, keep preaching truth. It's why we come here. Now let's talk about the Arlington Park Bears, James yes! or Chris. James, Chris, Chris Steve, Steve, Donnie. Same thing. Come on, man. Chris, don't bring up Arlington Heights yet, please. I'm just not ready. They're still racing horses there, okay? Hey, they're the Eberflus Bears. Yeah. Uh, Cody Strickland says, Monty, did you get my message on Tony Jones? I read that one already. Sorry about that. Uh, if you give 25 minutes to spare once a week, I suggest you listen to the Tony Jones podcast because he talks about the issues you guys have questions for. Okay, I will. I promise you I will listen to it. I will listen to it. Um, can you talk about? Can you talk about Jackson Dart? You you predicted he would go to BYU. No, I did not predict. Actually, he'd go to no, BYU. we didn't. What no. I said was, and I and I got I got I took a lot of heat for it. I told you that as soon as he was in the portal, BYU was on that, and they were on they were talking to Jackson Dart. So here's what happened with Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart enrolled at Old Miss yesterday. He is now officially, and I looked at it. He is officially a student at Old Miss. He's going to Old Miss, um, and essentially BYU. The minute he went in the portal. BYU was on it. They were in constant contact with him. Kalani has a good relationship with them, uh, with with Jackson and his family. 
Um, Jackson Dart was 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 all in on talking to BYU. But when you're going up against a guy like Lane Kiffin, the truth of the matter is Lane Kiffin ran an anti-BYU campaign in that he told Jackson Dart, hey, you're going to go to the Big 12 and struggle, which is true. Jackson Dart would have been the starting quarterback for BYU going to the Big 12. And you're going to struggle. They're going to lose a lot of games early on in the Big 12. It's it's the it's reality. Curve, bro. Yeah, it's the reality yeah. of the situation. Yeah. What Lane Kiffin sold Jackson Dart on was play in a massive football game of consequence every single week. Play in front of huge crowds. Play on national TV. Come with me to Oxford, Mississippi, and let's compete at the top of the SEC. Yeah. Because there's no better way whether you agree or disagree, and I actually disagree, Lane, but there's no better way to get into the NFL and be an important player than to win at the top of the SEC. So I got news for you. My opinion is that you can come to BYU and be drafted highly as a as a quarterback. But the issue is you're not going to play in huge games at BYU every week. That's just the the bold-faced truth. Yeah. When you go to when you go to Old Miss, and you have the success that Lane Kiffin is having at Old Miss, you're going to play in big games every single week. Yeah. And you're going to do it in the SEC. And you're going to go to Alabama, and you're going to go to Georgia. <coughs> you're going to go to Florida. And I think that's the difference. You're going to play in a massive rivalry that's just a, a notch below Utah-BYU. But Mississippi and, and Old Miss, Mississippi Shit. State and Old Miss, that's a rivalry. And it's tough. To, to tell a kid like Jackson Dart, who went to USC to be a legend, Jackson Dart cares about being a really good football player. Yeah. That's a high-character kid. Jackson Dart is a very good football player. And Jackson Dart's going to be the starting quarterback at Ole Miss. And I think that's the other thing. Jackson Dart would have had to earn a job at BYU. Well, he is the, the presumed starter at Ole Miss on a team that's going to play in an awful lot of big games. And he's got a huge personality as a, as a coach that's nationally uh, prominent in Lane Kiffin. There's not a lot to, to, to not like about Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. And I think Jackson Dart would have flourished at BYU. I think he would have been the starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to fault the kid for the choice he made. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest about it. It's hard to fault him. I think BYU's biggest issue is you have an injury-prone quarterback now and Jaron Hall, you've lost Baylor Romney to the portal. And I don't, I'm not convinced that Baylor Romney is going to play big time football again. But I think when you look at it, and if he transferred somewhere, I haven't heard about it. Mm -hmm. So I apologize if I missed that, but I don't think he has. But I look at Jacob Conover. Jacob Conover now becomes a very important figure in BYU football because you don't have the fallback veteran this, this time. Right? Like if Jackson Dart had gone to BYU, he's probably the starter. Jaron's the number two. Mm -hmm. One of those two guys is going to get hurt. You probably need three quarterbacks to get through a season at BYU's level, right? Because you're not going to have elite, elite offensive line play. Yep. So your quarterback's going to take some. And quarterbacks around college football get hurt. It is it, Football is a very painful sport. I do not fault Jackson Dart one single bit. Yeah. He did what he thought was best for him. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. By the way, this isn't about an NIL thing. Somebody tweeted at me last night that he went to Old Miss because, you know, they're going to put money in his pockets. Dude, the, the day of the bag man, the day of the booster with a million dollar, you know, 
fund, you don't need that anymore. You have you have name image likeness now. Yeah. It's not about that anymore. To me, you're gonna get if you're Jackson Dart, you're gonna get paid. The guy is beautiful. He's a good looking dude. He is a nice kid. That eye black looks really you know, good. You know the thing that really annoys me? Why, where has Utah been on Jackson Dart? That's what I'm, this is the second time. Like, bro, I you just that said was that a, earlier in the week. Like, I know. I thought like, that was a good point by you. It's amazing to me that Utah never is in these conversations <laughs> ever. You know, like, I, it's just, I don't know, man. I have no idea. You guys have no sources. Shut up. Yeah, sure. We don't have any sources. Okay. Sure. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, sure, man. Fat Jesus says, Monty, the hero Salt Lake City deserves, but not the one it needs right now. Probably true. Yeah. Uh, Brylark said again, when was the last time a player complained to an official and the official was like, oh, hey, yeah, you're right. I'll change the call. Uh, never. Yeah, but here's the difference. The guys who have a relationship with the official, they get the no call they need. They get the call they need. They, in, they get that later fourth in the game, quarter, last five minute whistle. That a lot of that that the the the, the you know, yeah, hey look uh you're a casual you're a casual Rudy Gobert should get calls that Nurkic that Cousins that any other Jokic 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 is, get, Jokic is getting calls it's a superstar in this league he's an MVP Nikola Jokic is getting calls yeah man he's getting calls that Rudy Gobert is not. I mean, that's that's the facts. Uh, Alex says, announce Marcus Smart to the Jazz. I wish I could. MGTV says, do you think Donovan would really want to leave? I do. Yeah, I do. I think before his career is over, he'll be a Nick. Jeremy eventually. Bolton says, I'll start another local radio station with you guys. We'll call it, hey, guys, 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 guys. You're oh. casual. Tanner Plumber Radio. Fat Jesus has always fire comments, Brylark says. He does. He's amazing. Fat Jesus is one of our favorite listeners. Um, wow. What happened here? Do, James Knight, don't you think the all-star game is meaningless? All it does is not allow top players to get much needed rest. It's a huge thing for, for fandom though. The all-star game is not about the player. It's about the fan. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is, it, it, you know, it, it is really enjoyable. Juan Baracco says, I'm a reporter from Uruguay. I also cover the jazz for Latin America, Latin America, not professionally on TV. Hundreds of fans have that wants to know what's up. Don't know that language. Wanted to do something cool. Oh, that's good awesome, for you, Juan. Yeah, that's awesome, good for you, dude. Look at the difference of why Conley didn't get a tech and Booker did for the same thing. Truth. Yeah, dude. Exactly. Because Mike Conley is a more polished communicator with the officials. And Devin Booker plays with a lot of emotion. That's one of the things I don't like about Devin. He flops. And I think he, he is a guy that, oh, review it. He can still be had a little bit. Yes, he can. Dane says, look at the difference. Uh, or no, I just read that. My God. My bad. Tanner Plummer says, hey, guys, 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 radio. I like it. Never. Gavin, Dale, do you think we could get Harrison Barnes at the deadline for Joe JC in a pick? But what is, what is, here's. Which, which pick? Here's what I say. And by the way, there's no finer NBA reporter than Sam Amick. The guy is money. Good human being, good people, and a really good reporter. Yeah. Um, who linked Harrison Barnes to the Jazz. I don't know how you go and do that for a $20 million player. Because there's no value in it for the Kings. So what's the missing piece to that trade that we don't know about? Yes, I think the Jazz could end up with Harrison Barnes. I don't know how that would happen. The Jazz can end up with Jesus Christ. I'm not really sure what they're, what draft picks they're going to have to give to Mother Nature to get him. God bless. I don't know what that looks like for Harrison Barnes to come to the Jazz. Yeah. They, I don't believe that the Jazz can do it head-to-head. -head. 
I don't. And and the guy I talked to at the Jazz last night did say that they are they are essentially working the phones every hour of every day. They are really trying to to infuse energy and culture into this organization. Mm-hmm. Apparently, one of the things that Ryan Smith is big about is building a championship culture and then filling players in on the roster that fit that culture. And I wonder what that looks like in his opinion. I think what it looks like is guys that value each other and value the team. Yeah. And, you know, this narrative, one of the things I, I'm worn out on is nobody wants to play in Salt Lake City. It doesn't matter what they want to do. When they get here, there's not a guy who's like, this sucks, I'm out. There's that. How many guys have ever said that? And by the way, you've never had Ryan Smith as an owner. The guy is absolutely a player's owner. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, all right. A couple other things I'm going to get to because, wow, it is already 36 past the hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, here on the Monty Show, hit subscribe. Give us a thumbs up, please, right now. Hit like on the YouTube channel if you're listening. By the way, God bless you for listening on Spotify. Um, we have had more Spotify listens this week than we have ever had before on the podcast. Thank you so much. Our number one uh, audio podcast outlets by far are Apple uh, and now Spotify. Stitcher Radio. Peace, bro. I love you guys on Stitcher. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And, and I should say thank you so much for listening to the show and watching the show on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, it it makes a huge difference to us. We, if I'm being totally honest, we don't make money on the show at all. Um, mainly because we have like over a thousand dollars in game consoles <coughs> that we're giving away. Uh, you know. Um, so buying shirts from us, get, clicking like, um, subscribing to the channel. All of that makes a huge difference to us. So thank you so much uh, for listening on the audio podcast. It really is. um, It really makes a difference to us. So thank you. So please give us a thumbs up. Subscribe. We're going to give away this Xbox Series X when we get to uh, 3,000 subs on the old uh, YouTube machine. I want you to listen to me. Listen to me right now. Uh, 2932. So 68. Damn. Yeah, 68 subs to go. We might be giving this thing away Monday. Yeah, 68 subs to go. Uh, Appreciate that. Uh, no one wants to play in Salt Lake. Well, no one wants to play here now after look at the shit show that the Utah Jazz are now. That could change, though, Tanner says. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about women in sports real quick. Um, I want to talk about this Mina Kimes-Jeff Garcia thing. Mm-hmm. If you didn't see it, Jeff Garcia, the former quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, mm-hmm. savaged Mina Kimes yesterday on Twitter. Because Mina Kimes went on, um, I believe it was was first take, and said that the San Francisco 49ers are winning in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo. And that, you know, essentially he is not the reason they are winning games. Right. And I got to tell you, I agree with her. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has played well enough not to lose games. But he is he has had how many interceptions did the Rams drop on him mm-hmm. to just get them into the playoffs? I'm not saying he's played awful football. He certainly has not been the reason they've won, in my opinion. She says that on ESPN. Um and Jeff Garcia goes on Twitter and says, Who the hell is Mina Kimes? And when is the last time she threw a touchdown pass in a game? Never ever. 
Jeff Garcia continued. Has she taken a snap or can truly understand the ability, the mindset, the physical and mental toughness that it takes to play QB position or any position in the NFL? By the way, why does it matter if she played in the NFL? Why does it, did Stephen A. Smith ever play in the NBA? Are you kidding me? Why does it matter that she didn't play in the NFL? She's paid to have an opinion on the NFL. How many male commentators have never played in the NFL? A ton. Right? I've never played in the NFL. A ton. And it's amazing to me. Um, I, I just don't understand why it matters that Mina Kimes didn't play. Is is Jeff Garcia ripping her because she's a woman? Uh, I think that's low-key part of it, yeah. But I think I think Jeff is just being irresponsible. I, th- I think, you know, and today's show is a good example, right? I mean, I think there's a line that you walk up to when you're talking about other people, and I think it really depends on the situation. Like, Mina Kimes never talked about Jeff, right? So Jeff yeah. is just going out and talking about her for whatever reason i don't know if it makes him feel better or like i i don't know because it's kind of i mean it not kind of it is a very aggressive and strong and out there take and like and i i don't know it just doesn't seem like i just want to ask like okay do you feel better like does that like you know what i mean like there's not a lot of benefit to him saying that you know and and I don't know, man. It just I was just surprised by this whole thing. I think Mina for the record does great work. I think I would agree. I think A, number one, I think ESPN's done a, a phenomenal job since the Maria Taylor stuff, uh, getting female talent and diversifying what they put on TV and like they they've worked really hard to do that. And I think Mina's been part of that. And I think that Mina uh works her ass off just as her male colleagues do to to, you know, provide good content and 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 come with a great take. I but understand that Jeff Garcia was a journeyman quarterback. I mean, he's not a guy. He, I mean, sure, he was a pro, a four-time Pro Bowler. But Jeff Garcia never won a Super Bowl. He never won an MVP. But the take of "Hey, somebody didn't play sports, so they don't know" is a tired take. I mean, that's it's very tired. Dude, take. that thing has been. Uh, how how many people have said that and look like idiots? I mean, I mean, I, so yeah. To answer your question directly, I can't definitively say that's why he said it because she was a woman. But I do think when you go out and do things like this. It is a bad look. It does make it look like you're just a, a a hater because she is a woman and because she is young and because she is a good looking person and because she is really good at what she does. Like, I, you but know, see, just, the point is, I, I don't really. I don't know. Maybe one of I'm the lucky ones. I, I don't really care what she looks like. I agree with her. She's got a good opinion. But I think it matters when you look at a reporter. This is like the Aaron Andrews thing. Part of the reason that Aaron Andrews is so successful is because she looks really professional, she sounds really professional, and she delivers quality information in a professional way. That's the reality of the situation. You're not going to watch a news telecast with someone who's dressed like a slob and looks terrible. You're not going to do it. You're it's gonna uncomfortable. Be thinking, I agree. You're going to be thinking, what the hell is this person wearing? You know, what? Like, like what's going on here? So it's not to say that Mina only has her job because she's a good-looking woman. Not at all. She's good at what she does. But I think there definitely is a there is that side of TV. Hey, you got to look good. You got to play that oh, part. Oh, I, I agree. Whether you're a male or a female, you need to look good to be on TV. I yeah. mean, unless you're an athlete and you can be a slovenly-looking fool. 
But I think in general, you have to be a better looking human being to be on TV. There's no doubt, which yeah. is why I was always on radio. Right. Yeah. Uh, but my point is, I do think that Jeff Garcia attacked Mina Kimes because she's a woman. Mm -hmm. He's not. Is he going after Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Smith or any of these other fools that are out there saying outlandish things that have no no basis in Max fact? Max Kellerman. Uh, like, how come he's not going after those guys? Because they'll go right back after him. Which, by the way, Mina Kimes kind of, you know, I, I think has handled it really well. Um, I I just, I don't understand. This has nothing to do with the fact that Mina Kimes, in my opinion, is a woman. I think it is, for Jeff Garcia, I think it's all about her being a woman. I, I have no issue with it. Mm -hmm. I agree with her. Mm -hmm. And I think what this is is another example of Jeff Garcia going after somebody who doesn't share his opinion. And if you don't share his opinion, your opinion is wrong and you're always going to be wrong. And it, it just, it again, galls me that we in this society can't have a fair exchange of opinions unless you agree with us. Yeah. You know, whether it's voting rights, whether it's vaccines, whether masks. it's masks, whatever it is. Oh, you disagree with me. Okay. You're an idiot. You're a hack, right? Like exactly. And it, it just is, it, it you're is, casual. It's absolutely separating. Yeah, you're a casual. It's absolutely separating us. And it, and it, and it to me, it's really, really unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, Mirzinski, good morning to you, buddy. He says, I mean, who cares if a woman is a sports industry? They already have a tough job, especially in an industry where, they, yeah, they're in the minority. Being a woman on ESPN is one of the most difficult day-to-day -day jobs, I think, mm -hmm. because you are constantly questioned just because you have boobs and a vagina. And that's not just by males. I mean, it is. See, see look no further than Rachel Nichols. It's really, it's really unfortunate. And, yeah. it, and I, I, I just don't know that we'll ever get past it. Yeah. Jeff Garcia was 2-4 and four in the playoffs with a 73 rating. He's Jimmy G without the wins. No wonder Mina Kimes hurt his feelings, Giggity says. I agree with that. Um, Cody Strickland says, I get a lot of shit for saying Holly is annoying and gets, uh, lost a lot when speaking has nothing to do with her being a woman. I miss KK, uh, and wish she was still doing the, the casting. Yeah. I, I don't mind Holly Rowe. A lot of people don't enjoy her well, it, on the see, jazz it's two broadcast. Different it's two different things though. This is two different things. Let's be very clear about this. Saying that like Holly Rowe is a great example. I'm glad this brought, got brought up saying that you don't enjoy somebody like in how they deliver their content, like how they talk about it and, and what they're saying, that's very different than going on the record and being like, oh, well, you never played in the NFL, so how could you have any opinion? You know, like that's a totally yes. – that's two separate things. Like, totally. Like I can respectfully say, like I was saying earlier, I don't love what the local media puts out here. You know, and I got a guy DMing me about, you know, Ben Anderson, you know, asking that question, and, and he tweeted that on the 15th. So over 10 days ago, Ben apparently asked that question, and I never saw that. So credit to Ben for asking that question. But that doesn't mean that I have to like, generally speaking, what Ben Anderson puts out, with all due respect to him. Not to say that he's not good at what he does, but it, yeah. just, is, it just is an enjoyment factor. So I think what Jeff did was way worse than that. I think Jeff, like, personally attacked her. Not, not her work, but, like, her as a human. Yes. And I think that's totally different. Yeah, I totally agree. I just think we as men have trouble with women in the media. Yeah, and well, I, and you see, and you see, dudes getting in trouble for it all the time. A lot of times, it'll be athletes. Sometimes it's media members, but you see it all the time. I mean, that's why it, I just think us as guys, we we look at women as sexual objects. You know, my wife will often, you know, get on me because I weaponize women's body parts. Come on, man! If you call a guy, oh, you're such a pee. Like, I mean, it. 
I don't disagree with that. And it, and it has a different impact now on me than it's ever had. Yeah. I think, I think why you see so many sex scandals where it's a man harassing a woman is because largely when you're a powerful man or you feel like you're a powerful man in a powerful position, um, whether it's in entertainment with Harvey Weinstein, whether it's it, it's Sean Salisbury sending pictures of his dick around ESPN. Brett Favre. Bre- Brett Favre sending a picture of his thumb to Jen Sturger. Deshaun Watson. It's because you feel like that woman wants to have sex with me. Trevor Bauer. You know, back. Yeah, I know. You think Trevor Bauer didn't do anything wrong. No, that's not what I said. Well, you think he didn't violate the law, and I think he violated his responsibility. Yeah. I disagree with 25% of what I hear on this show, and I love it. I'm in, I'm in politics, and I see it every day. We can disagree and still respect your opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, see, I don't, why Absolutely. is there anything wrong with that? Why, why can't we... And, and that's, again, not that I'm trying to rehash it, but, but that's why I was so surprised when we... Like, we first heard the local radio here saying that about us, like, oh, you're hacks and all that. We first heard that, I think, like, maybe like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, maybe, something like that. And my first reaction to it was... Okay, why? number one, why are you even talking about us if you have an edict not to talk about us? But then secondly, why has it got to be a tear you down thing? Why can't it yeah. just be, hey, like, again, with the local media, they I appreciate what they do, but I don't love the content they put out. And there's nothing wrong with that. And by the way, notice they never say we're wrong. Yeah. Notice it's, oh, they're completely wrong. It's, uh, it's, it's oh, you worked here five years ago and you're a hack. Like, it, it just... My point just is, and I agree with the comment, the political guy, whatever his name is. Chris Karn. Chris Karn. I agree with that 100%. Just because you disagree with something doesn't mean that you're, like, some horrible human being. I'm blocking you. Yeah, well, and that's what Twitter's done. And, and, And see, and this is a grander conversation. Like, that's what Twitter has done. Oh, well, you know, you're a hack. You're this. You're that. You're blah, 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 blah. It's like a barking dog, like a yappity ass dog, right? Um you now we have the ability to hit the mute button and hit the block button. Cody Strickland says the real question is, are you hitting the slopes this weekend? Yep. Canyons tomorrow. Yeah. I need to uh, mention Jordan Jenkins is officially, um, you know, trying to get the Xbox in my DMS right now. Why is that? He sent me this. He sent me the Ben Anderson tweet. I said, appreciate you. And now he's like, I need that Xbox. You're gonna have to do more than, than that to get the Xbox. Subscribe bro. to the channel. Yeah, You got to subscribe to the channel. You want a better chance. You got to buy some shirts. Uh, I really appreciate you sending me, you know, the article or the the tweet or whatever i appreciate that but you know you got you gotta put that work in you know yeah uh you know i i'm amazed yeah anyway how's your tax liability looking garbage terrible <laughs> single male making well over six figures paying a ton of taxes in two states and i'm still only going to get like two grand back yeah and you don't you don't own property you're not married you don't have kids yeah i mean i'm telling you you got to give up your virginity lose your virginity Pay less tax. Line of cane and B12. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jake, are you? A, I just weaponized a vagina. When you I brought think. up taxes this morning, I was pissed. I was not in a good mood when you brought that up. Well, I'm telling you, I just think that I, I know we talk about this every day, it seems like, but you, you have to itemize your taxes through an LLC or you're going to wind up paying through the nose. It's tough when you make money. When you make real money, you make six As figures. As an employee. As a on a paycheck and you don't own a house and you don't have kids and you're not married, you know, and if you're married and you don't have kids, it's even worse. It's ridiculous. You know, I mean, you just get you get pounded. So you got to have multiple properties. You got to have businesses. Um, oh, what was the other thing we were going to talk about today? Oh, the inspection is today. Oh, yes. On the yes. condo that we're buying. Yes. And we got the spuds. You know. 
which basically is the seller disclosure. I think that's HIPAA. Um, where they tell you, hey, here's all the stuff we broke in the year and a half we own this unit. Um, you know, we got a lot to look at today. They're, okay, what are you thinking we need to look at? Well, they, they disclosed that there was a water line leak from the washing machine. Right, yeah. And that they had a major water incident. So mm -hmm. we, we're going to have to look at that. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's just things like that. And, you know, there's supposedly an electrical issue that they haven't Allegedly. been able to figure out. So now I'm going to have to pay an electrician to go out there and be like, hey, how's the electrical look in this unit? You know, like it, it's just one of those things where you got to you got to do this stuff. Yeah, because if there's an um, if there's a major electrical deal that's got to be done on this house. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, you want to know about that stuff, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, it was what was it, Bill? 2010 or something like that, I think, yeah. you know, I mean, it's you know, you're you're going on 15 years now. And I think that things just happen, you know, uh, stuff burns out like it just happens several people have commented on your haircut yeah they like it or they hate it they like it yeah i know Giggity says with that new cut jake may be on his way to kid getting kids this weekend <laughs> just so you can go to pound town hey what about my new y'all are y'all are too reliable man i got a haircut. you guys are too reliable with your comments yeah bro. but I, I, anyway my point is before we wrap this up are you black lighting it for blood and semen on the walls we should we should you know, the new place? The new place. Are we going to blacklight? Are we going to turn all the lights off and look for semen on the floor and the walls? Um, no. no, we're no, not we're doing that. Not. We're not. We're no, dude, not. no. Um, yeah, thinking that's not a good idea. Yeah, no, I'm good. Brylark says Jake needs to put the glasses back on. Nope, nope, ain't doing it. I think that's HIPAA? <laughs> yeah, that's HIPAA, bro. Um, what I'm telling you is, is that the inspection is a really important part of buying a house. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have it. Obviously, it's being inspected today. Then we're going to walk through it with the inspector with the spuds. The spuds. Seller, the seller disclosure. I think that's HIPAA. Um, and so I don't think we'll find anything. I mean, I, I really don't. I mean, we are going to pay $18 million a month for the HOA. It's ridiculous. That's going to be my biggest thing. I need to read through the you know CCNRs and yeah. Just kind of understand what the what the dealio with that gene. I don't is. think there's anything majorly wrong. I agree. The water issue just needs to be confirmed, and you know, make yeah. sure that that's fixed. And then, you know, I, I'm obviously I'm just finding out that there was some apparently electrical issue. Okay, we can look into that and see what's what. You yeah. know, I think, you know, I'm I'm a big believer in not turning things in, into something it doesn't need to be until we know it is that. You know, so like, I, you know, hey, yeah. what what is what does an electrical issue mean? Does that mean Hey, I need a new breaker, or does that mean I got to rewire the whole house? What I mean, what does that mean? So that's what we're going to find out. Yep, and uh, so we'll have to uh, do some due diligence on that. But buying a buying an investment property is something you really should look at. And if you haven't had the opportunity to do that, I'd really encourage you to to do that. By the way, I also have a call with a uh, franchising fast food chain today. Yeah, dude. So Which is exciting. That's going to be interesting. It's much cheaper. Then the, the original, I don't know why I'm being coy about it, but I'm trying to figure out if I can afford to buy a fast food restaurant and start a chain of restaurants. Mm -hmm. I don't think I can afford it. I'm not that rich. I'm not papered up. I'm not rich at all. Like, God damn, 50 grand to buy this condo is like, oh, yeah, it makes my groin tighten up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there, there are some things there that um, money is such a funny thing. It goes out faster than it comes in, that's for sure. When you have it, you, you stress about it. When you don't have it, you stress about it more. Yeah. yeah. You know, like whether it's yeah. taxes or buying investment properties or... I just... So I walk in the door today, 
and you're like, yeah, we're probably not going to snowboard Sunday because we got to do taxes and, you know, we got to look at this and that. And, you know, we were just kind of talk about it, talking about it. And then we get to talking about itemizing and you're like, yeah, you're going to owe a lot, bro. I'm like, what do you mean, dude? I paid like 40 G's in taxes this year already. How can I owe more? That's like, what annoyed me. The thing that people don't understand is just because you have taxes taken out of your paycheck doesn't mean that you will not owe the government more tax money. Yeah, that's... It is all about how your life is set up, you know? And, and I think that I, I have a lot of money taken out of my paycheck at Yelp. I give fully as much as I can to 401k. I have a Roth set up. I have a healthcare spending account. Um, I have an extra 200 bucks taken out of my paycheck every month to go to taxes. Like I do everything I can do to cover my tax liability. Yeah. Because when you make as much money as I make and you don't have kids and you only own a house, you're going to owe. The other problem is my wife makes more than I make. And it, it is one of those things where, well, okay. She disagrees. She disagrees. She makes, well, she probably, she makes almost Dude, the point is, is you guys are making bunco money. Okay. That's the point. Yeah. We, we, we rolling into bills that we're not. Um, but the point is that you the government gets that pound of flesh and trust me pay it because when you go through an audit i mean they're coming for that dick yeah like, i'm not coming, trying man. to not pay they it coming like, for to go yeah joy. dude like I, I i'm not somebody who's like all into the oh well let's avoid paying taxes and find a way to funnel my money through the maldives and through italy so i can bring it back and it's clean i'm not trying to do that dude like I, i'll pay the taxes but it's just ridiculous to me that that, that it's like, hey, you can be successful as an employee, but you're still going to get that ass beat on taxes, like repeatedly. Marcus wants to know, do you guys hide your tax liability? No. No. Not in any we way, don't. shape, or form. And I'm not interested in it. See, I don't want to play that game. No. I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to be the guy who's got to look over my back constantly. I don't want to be got, scared of going to the mailbox every day. What I, I want to do. I don't. What I want to do is I want to get educated around the tax code and understand what what the deal is. So we have to go. We'll talk about it Monday. But, you know, it's just, yeah. What's, Follow us on TikTok. We'll make some TikTok content. What's better, 401k or 401k Roth? I do both. I do Roth and 401k. For sure. Yeah, roll the music. The key to avoiding taxes is having a business and buying more than you sell. Ding. And having a good tax professional. Have yeah, somebody have do, do your, your taxes. taxes. Just, don't do them yourself. Yeah, don't, yeah. The rate of the, the the rate of audit on people who do their own taxes is significantly higher than when you have a tax professional do it. Trust me on that. Trust me when I say you should hit uh, like on YouTube right now. Give us a thumbs up. We're giving away an Xbox Series S. Please check out our affiliate links below. Please check those out. Please hit subscribe if you want to buy one of our four remaining t-shirts dm me we have xl and 2xl left new t-shirt coming in the next week or so until tomorrow say goodbye jake goodbye jake